0: Hello and welcome to episode 255 of SMARTS, which as we all know stands for Starfleet Members Acquire Repairs Through Saloon.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I was working on an acronym too and I got saloon. <laughs> that's as far as I got though. That's awesome. Oh, good one.
0: My name is Rediger Q Podcaster, aka Trevor, and your name is...
1: Julia Gulia of Internet Fame dash podcaster. Correct. Yes, So we're we only-
0: Yes that's true. (laughs) So we only have one little bit of news this week Mm -hmm. and that is that we have the first indications of casting for Marvel and Disney Plus's Moon Knight series. Oh yes. And the reports although still unconfirmed the reports are that Oscar Isaac of Mm -hmm. course of uh, Star Star Wars sequel trilogy fame as well as numerous other projects uh, might be taking the title role. (laughs) So I think this would be really great. I mean seeing him play a sort of batman type character but mm-hmm. one who's got like all sorts of psychological problems and yeah. can kind of like have breakdowns periodically like i think that that's i think that that would be i mean it's not really what i think of him as playing maybe it's just because I, most of what i've really the only thing i think is oh well, no that's true i did see x-men apocalypse but he, <laughs> he was okay in that but it was not exactly he was just basically playing a stock super villain in that but i mean all i really think of is poe dameron so i sort of picture him playing like a suave swashbuckling yeah. type um Which Moon Knight I don't think really is, but I, so I'm not, it's not like what, he's not who I would picture for it necessarily, but I think that he could, I think that he could knock it out of the park. I think he's a really great actor, so. Yeah,
1: he's definitely got a lot within his wheelhouse that he can do, yeah.
0: And I I mean, the Marvel casting has been impeccable, obviously, so if they think, if they think he's the right guy, then I'm willing to go with them on that, because I don't, I think that you could count the number of misfires they've had casting wise on one hand and even in those cases it wasn't so much that someone was didn't do well in the role it was more like you know oh this person didn't wasn't willing to commit to doing a lot of movies for like we're talking about your Terrence Howards or your Ed Nortons or something like that right Right. like it's not like they were bad they were good it's just that they they didn't mesh with the Marvel family or the Marvel you know Way, right. way of doing things they were too much of a artiste or they wanted too much money or whatever you know it mm-hmm. wasn't that they were bad in the role so yeah so I think that yeah I'm assuming that the casting I'm assuming it's what's her name Sarah Haley Finn the one that did all the casting for the Marvel movies I'm assuming she's involved in the shows too because it's all Marvel Studios now mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm sure he's going to be great if, if it is if it turns out to be true I mean it's weird because there were reports like a couple months ago that um, Tatiana Maslani was going from Orphan Black was going to be playing She-Hulk but mm-hmm. then, even just like an interview last week, she's like, "Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that." I'm like, "It was conf- like Mark Ruffalo was like tweeting about it. Like I, this got to be confirmed, right?" And she's is she just being coy? Like did no one tell her? Like it's weird. So I mean, until it's officially announced, it's not officially announced. But right. I still think that it's it's probably going to happen.
1: That's, so yeah, yeah, that's exciting.
0: So what was your comic of the week? I can't remember. Your comic of the <laughs> week was Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn number one. <laughs>
1: Thank you for reminding me that's exactly what my comic of the week was i was just testing you yes um and your show notes <laughs> acumen um yes well it was a really good first issue i didn't realize even that the artist was different but they were well, I'm doing the writer the same. it's a different creative team entirely. sure um that that part i did know but i didn't know that the artist was different too um and um who he she they
0: the artist on this yeah i don't remember the name of the artist on this i think the writer i I think it's such a distinct name it sticks out not that i have trouble remembering most writers names but i think it's like katana collins or something which is a pretty badass name that's great Um, but i don't remember the name of the artist but yeah the artist definitely has a very sean murphy-esque style
1: Mm -hmm, mm they they are doing i'm gonna bother to learn their names um because it's yeah it's really really good art they um they captured the exact essence and spirit of it to the point where I didn't realize it until after I was like, it's slightly different. Like I can tell that's a little different, but I just thought that the original artist changed it up a bit for the new series.
0: I wouldn't even mind if the art was a totally different style. Yeah, so, I wouldn't Because either. it's a spinoff, but so long as the writing, as so long as it feels like the same versions of the characters, yes. that's the more and important thing it did, thing And, and it, it, it really did, did yeah.
1: yeah. Um,
0: this is, I think, one of the strong, uh, we've had a lot of really good versions of Harley Quinn over the past few years, yeah. right? The Margot Robbie version, the yep. cartoon version, yep. the Sam Humphreys-written comic was very good. Even the was, animated version. Well, that's why. It's the, yeah, the animated. Oh, you said version. the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then Sorry. the Margot Robbie version in the movies, uh-huh. and then the Sam Humphreys, uh, the titular comic version, and all the different, sp- like the Harley Quinn, black and white, and red had yep. a lot of good versions in there. But the version from White Knight is is one of the most is one of the strongest versions I think we've seen. One of the most so, one of the most sort of three dimensional feeling, most most um, real feeling. Most self-actualized, yeah. Know, one of the strongest versions. Yep. Um, and this continues that that strength.
1: hmm It really does. I like the story arc. I like where they started. I like, I like the vulnerability of her in when she's talking to Bruce. I like the complexity of the feelings that they have for each other. I just, I really love the environment. Everything is just so infused with where it left off last time, and also what needs to be done this time. And it's it's going to be a really good... Well,
0: speaking of her relationship with Bruce, like I think that this, I think that this is, it's remarkable because it's it's gotten to the point where I would buy them in this continuity as yeah. as a romantic couple. And yeah. that would that would have seemed, that would seem absurd to me in any other version. I right? know, I like, know. Like literally any other version. I can't yeah. think of a single one. But this one, particularly in the second book, the, you know, the one with Asriel, the, yeah. like, the curse of the white knight. Um, really built up the relationship as they worked together and and mm-hmm. you know learn things about each other and so on and he relied he leaned on her mm-hmm. um, sort of the only person that could understand what he was going through and they had the Joker in common and so on and it, it's really built it to the point where yeah like if he gets out of prison and they you know they share a big embrace and a kiss or something I would totally buy it
1: yep yeah, yeah. that would be earned in this universe exactly I feel that way too and um, it's it's just really nice they they're so three dimensional. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens with the series. It's a really solid first issue, yeah. and I'm re- excited to. Be we haven't to
0: gotten it. any sort of hard conf- I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a third book in the main series, but I don't, it hasn't been officially announced yet. But I would imagine that this is going to end, and then you know, before this is over, I imagine we'll get a solicitation for whatever the third, the third volume in the main series is going to be. But yeah, they're they're giving him carte blanche, I think, because these these this whole side series like injustice or deceased it's been a big blockbuster so I think they're just you know they're yep. just mm-hmm. like with Tom Taylor with deceased like just <laughs> go crazy, write as fun. many as write as many as you have time for like yeah. we'll 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 print whatever and like it's because it's it's all good and it's all selling really well so yeah it's yeah. good yeah so what I picked yours? so I was gonna pick that one but I also wanted to pick batman number 101 nice. um because this is a really great sort of, sort of everybody catching their breath from the end of Joker war but it's also a really great setup for the future of the, you know, the near future, at least. I mean, status quo changes, you know, once a year in, in these main franchises. But the way Batman's going to have to operate post-Joker War, you know, new yep. status quo for Lucius Fox, a new mm-hmm. status quo for Batman, a new status quo for his relationship with Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of really interesting things going on here that, that are going to be fodder for interesting stories. I, I do wonder how this is going to... Um, It it seems like, it seems of a piece with what's going on in Catwoman, where she's sort of back on her own and sort of setting up her own little thing again. Yes. But I do wonder how, I know that Tom King's Batman Catwoman series is going to be kind of off on its own, but it is, I think, still supposed to be, even though it's sort of like, when does it take place? It doesn't really matter, aside from being after his his run mm-hmm. um is it before joker war after i think it's supposed to be unclear but it is in ultimately going to be in continuity i think so i do wonder how them taking a break in the main continuity is going to affect the fact that they're going to be a couple like basically a de facto married couple in that mm-hmm. so we'll have to wait and see but i'm sure it'll all sort itself out by the end but that was the on reading of like oh they're taking a break but like literally next month a mm-hmm. series that's called batman catwoman with them being a couple is coming out so it is a little strange the timing mm-hmm. but i think that was supposed to come out like that was going to be the last bit of his run but then they decided to wait have it all be done by one artist and make it its own separate thing like almost a year later mm-hmm. so i think that it's probably supposed to be before all this but we'll see yeah so that was my pick i think it's a really strong you know i liked it too, from yeah. strength the strength really setting up an interesting a lot of good character
1: work but a lot of fun um a lot of fun sequences um i yeah i agree that was a good one too
0: so should we move on to your activity? Ready. So this week, because we finished watching Gundam Wing, I thought, and we ranked the pilots. I think we ranked the pilots last week, we didn't did. we? did. This week, I thought we would rank the supporting characters.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say rank the Gundams. <laughs> I was like, my number one is the one with the scythe. Yeah,
0: okay. I considered that, but I, I don't know. That's, that's not <laughs> so true. Um, so these are like villains slash supporting characters, main okay. characters. Okay. Basically, I, what I think are probably like the six um most prominent characters aside from the pilots themselves
1: well zex is definitely on the top of the well list.
0: i didn't include him because oh. he's like an out and out and well i guess i probably should have inc- but we talked about he's him an already with, when we ranked the shars so i that's why i excluded him because we oh. kind of talked about him already but
1: this is gundam wing okay
0: um so Did i have you- uh Trace kushrenada lady un mm-hmm. lucrezia noin sally poe dorothy catalonia and relina Darlian slash relina peacecraft oh those are good choices so first of all you remember who all these characters are right yeah. Okay. I'm going to need
1: you to repeat the list, but I do remember...
0: Trey's Lady Un, Noin, mm-hmm. Sally Poe, yeah. Dorothy, and Rulina. Wow. Oh, man. Now that I look at it, it's mostly female characters, too, isn't it? Yep. Although the the main pilots are all male, so I guess right. that's only fair. Yes.
1: <laughs> I was about to point that out. I was like, who are the primaries? Yeah. And these are the, what did you call them? Supporting... Well, supporting characters. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, take that patriarchy. Except not really. Oh, um. So let's see. I think my very oh man, this is a really tough call. I think I really like Lady Un. I think she's at the top of the list because her arc. Ends Even in above a... Relina, because yeah. I think you really liked Relina. I didn't love Relina, but I think the complexity of Lady Un's arc is more delicious.
0: Yeah. Uh, she she was she had interesting things but to me it all felt pretty surface level like she had Maybe. a good personality and a bad personality and then she and then almost they died and then they were the same like that's pretty much it right there's yeah, not really a lot was more
1: So, I mean you could like, say the same thing. Why she does was had different personalities. And then she grew How does she juggle them? Like
0: like that's I to, mean,
1: you could say that you could cast that kind of simplicity at all of these supporting characters. Like, look at Sa- Sally Poe. Well, like, definitely, she shows up in the woods. She doesn't really yeah, change. I'm over not. I'm saying she's I'm not saying she's awesome. I'm not
0: saying she's a super deep character. I'm just right. saying, compared to say Trey's or Relina, who had a lot more screen time and a lot more development, I'm surprised you would pick Lady on who had really. that sort of interesting hook to her character, but still didn't really.
1: Trey's didn't have much really depth. have that much depth. Trays. He had a lot of he lines, sort of but a simple, I think that he, he, sort was, of a simple, a, he was simple. Simple, sing,
0: simple, single-minded guy, but yeah. he did he did develop like his goals at the beginning of the series, and his mo- and his methods are totally different yeah. than at the end because sort of,
1: his end shocked me because the, the
0: way in which his his outlook on the world and on and on war and everything like he went from like he went from basically wanting to rule the world and have like a. Um, Almost like a Klingon kind of attitude where like the warriors, the warriors need to rule because they're strong and wars bring out the beauty of mankind to then at the end engaging in a war, but not for war's sake, which is what he would have done at the beginning, but to help bring about this age of peace. Because he was was sort of influenced Mm -hmm. by Relina and the Gundam pilots and their spirit, you know, yeah. Um, so although his sort of his attitude and his, and his methods didn't really change very much, his, his entire outlook on the world kind of did a 180 over the course of the series. And uh, some of it happened off screen and he does tend to like have these grand speeches where he talks for five minutes and at the end you're like, wait, like, what did he even say? Like, because it's a lot of like gun-to me speechifying about the nature of mankind mm -hmm. and and history and battles and war and But by the time he basically
1: usurped Relina from being the queen, um, yeah, she was really great though. Oh, man. You know what? Yeah, Rulina is my number one. And then it's Lady Un because okay. of her awesome arc. And then I have to put Noin there because yeah, she I really was like so wonderful.
0: Again, not the deepest character in the world. No, but, but so but it, solid, yeah, dependable. Yeah, and like
1: Sally Poe. So Sally Poe is number four for me. And then Trey's because, again, he's simple. He had a really nice arc, but of every... Oh, that's not fair. I guess Sally Poe is really simple too okay trace sim, sim, and then simple and sally, then sally. That's yeah uh, that's and then i think dorothy, dorothy had,
0: i think dorothy i mean she dorothy had a really good she arc was pretty too. two-dimensional for most of the series but then at the end there was I know. Like the whole everybody's
1: sh- ends are so good so basically i'm just judging them my, yeah a lot of good a lot of good a lot of good
0: death scenes and like and yeah. you know Conflict. mental breakdown scenes and oh, so good
1: so good. Such good writing. But yeah, yeah. The lead up wasn't really anything to write home about. But then you get these scenes and all of the all of a sudden these characters just flourish in front of you. And you're like, I think, like, oh, I man, think Dorothy was so well ch- written enough so that you
0: could kind of tell that there was more going on with her than just like a love of war. Yes. You know? Because the the way that she comported herself and the things she was doing, it's like if all she was interested in was just like having to be big battles, yeah. she wouldn't really be going about it this way. Like there's more... Like she wouldn't take an interest in Relina specifically, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you could tell that there was more going on with her. So I thought that it was—I thought that it was well done. So, so what's your ranking then? R- so okay, Relina, go Lady with... Un,
1: yep, Relina, Lady Un, then Noin, mm-hmm. then Trays, then
0: then Dorothy, then Dorothy, Sally. and then Sally. Yeah, that's fair. I think yeah. I would say Relina. Tr- yeah. Tr- I don't Rilina, know. Relina, Noin, above... Trays, Dorothy, Lady Un, Sally. I guess. Nice. I feel like you. Uh, yeah. Sally was okay. I feel like you Sally's don't,
1: great, but you don't really get a whole lot of depth but it, I don't
0: think you even really needed her as a character. I feel like you could have... A lot of the stuff she she did could have been accomplished by, like, Noin going on an extra mission or two or, like, Katra's no, band of, no. of people. You know why? Like getting, because
1: there were times when Noin needed help and she had to reach out to Sally for, for that help, and that's how they became friends. Yeah, but that's not...
0: Yeah, but is that the I basis for, like, a really interesting character? Is it, well, we need another body here because she Noin needs someone to talk to, you know what I mean? Like, I... Mm. She, she. It seemed like you had one too. It seemed like there was a while there when you had one too many, like sub, subversive rebel types on Earth, like going around gathering Gundams to help the pilots and flying under Oz's radar. There were radar. only two.
1: <laughs> there was Noin, who went one way. Yeah, to, and I feel like you didn't really need Sally. both
0: of them doing the same thing. Like the, I the, the episodes where they that teamed they up did. were cool, but to me, there she's felt a little redundant sometimes.
1: Hmm. I I like er, her
0: earlier episodes where she goes up against. um, She was really integral, and so on. That's right. We're we're good. I was about to say, seeing her be like a former Alliance uh, soldier who ends up fighting back against Oz was interesting. But then by the end, everybody's fighting against Oz, and she's just like one more person there Mm -hmm. with like not as much to do or to say as anybody else. She's just sort of hanging out.
1: Yeah, because everybody else had to have the screen time for their characters to develop. I I feel so they set her up as an interesting person, and then they hoped that you you know remember her and keep on liking her and for me i did yeah she was great good so okay so then we have some shows to talk about
0: well just one we have the new episode of star trek discovery Dope. Uh, season three episode two Guys. Far, far from home
1: oh spoiler warning but oh my flipping lord
0: so this is really good we catch up with the discovery um we see you know stamets recovers he has some f- good scenes with uh with culber yes uh jet reno has some more Fun snar- snarky so scenes, throwing out her back and just sort of being high on the medication and making quips.
1: That's that's only at the end. She was making quips of her own accord up well before
0: then. Yeah. But, I mean, the meat of it is uh, Saru and Tilly going into that space saloon. Yes. The space ru- saloon! Ru- running afoul of, like, the bandito-type characters. Which and I can't remember his name, but think, he was really good. Think their way out of that one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, it felt a little... I mean, it was set up, but, like the least interesting resolution to that to me is like Giorgio comes in and kills everybody, right? Like it, it, to me, it would have been a bit more interesting if they'd had to think their way out of it more. But it was a good action scene. And there was, you know, there was enough good stuff there. It's just to me, it's like, well, Giorgio comes in and beats everybody. And then-
1: I think when they had their backs against the wall, I was I was like, okay, I don't think there's a way to think your way out of this yeah. one.
0: But there's a lot of good stuff here in terms of like the, the setting, and, establishing the setting of this future too. Like the way that there's just like these sort of, I'm not sure if it's Tesseract technology or just like just like transporter gateways basically like oh, oh you, yeah. you go around this rock and all of a sudden you're transported up to one of the floating asteroid things where there's a saloon right and it's mm-hmm. just like everybody takes it for granted like you can't even see the technology and nobody even maybe nobody even remembers who built it but it's just like it's there Oh, everybody knows if you go around this corner you end up in the saloon right yeah, it's just yeah. like you know it's just a matter of fact that the technology is just sort of ambient you know mm-hmm. at this point mm-hmm. um the, the alien race of the people in the bar, I feel like, I do recognize them, and I think they Me were in too. like an Enterprise episode or something, but I don't know exactly, I can't place it exactly, but they're I think they're from they're from the canon. You but mean you
1: didn't rush to Memory Alpha for immediate? I meant to, but I, I didn't remember <laughs> to.
0: But it's cool, because Tilly's like, oh, we need to replace this thing, and the yep. guy's like, oh, this is super ancient, but then he uses the programmable matter to make it, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, this she's is blown just away. like, yeah. this is like something they probably learned how to do in grade school, and this mm-hmm. is technology that's way beyond anything she's ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. So there's more interesting stuff with that. One one interesting thing is that the the bandit leader guy that comes in he's smart refers to saru as vidresh which oh. is a term we've heard once before it was in the michael shaban written calypso short trek where yes. discovery is abandoned for a thousand years and that guy comes across it and ends up like falling in love with the discovery the sentient, who's developed yeah. sentience he is fighting in a war against a force he calls the vidresh now, what Michael Shaban has said in interviews is what a lot of people presuppose, which is that that's a extrapolation, bastardization, you know, 10 steps removed from the word federation, fedrash. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's like a slang term for, you can see how you get from A to B, yes. right? It's, yes. it's a It's a sort of a slang, um, sort of pigeon speak for the word federation in the far future. Right. So that's interesting. It ties this future in with that one a little bit, although we're still not sure exactly how the two would be compatible. It's interesting that that's sort of a thing in the future. So so these people are familiar with the Federation, but yes. have like a, a sort of an epithet for it, mm-hmm, you know, sort mm-hmm. of a, a way of demeaning them by calling them mm-hmm. that. but at least they're familiar with it. And these civilians here know about Starfleet and the Federation, and you kind of get the sense that before the burn, this world was part of the Federation. Yes. And their family has been, you know, trying to eke out Survive, a living here ever yeah. since, kind of hoping that Starfleet would eventually come back and, and restore some law and order here, yeah. you know? Because um,
1: like you said last time, that this sets up a really complex... Um, Segregated sort of society, multiple societies that used to be in really close knit contact, um, from everything from trade, from uh, exchange of ideas and and people and everything. So all of that has been completely siloed and cut off, and they can't make the, everything that they eat. They can't make everything that they wear. They can't make all the things that they need to survive. Like their Maslow's hierarchy of of needs is not is not producible on just one planet anymore and that's what they're doing so they're completely dependent on these um bandits who are preying on them because of their um lack of strength and this is the exact kind of um situation that they walk into in the in the saloon which we've seen before like the Sam- seven samurais episode of uh what was it enterprise well
0: enterprise did one i'm sure that there's I I, mean, i'm there's remembering been other one Star in tos
1: people. but i can't remember what it was i don't remember if
0: tos specifically did it they but. did
1: something about a community i mean was... it's
0: mostly known i mean you you've got Seven Samurai, but of course, then the American version of that is the Magnificent Seven. Yes. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure that that even was the Magnificent Seven a thing before TOS. Was it yeah. was the Magnificent oh, wait, Seven a movie TOS? that came out before 1966? No. So that so that no. we think of that as oh well, of course, there's so. the thing where the a bunch of a bunch of lawmen come to town or mercenaries or whatever, and mm-hmm. they help the citizens learn to defend themselves against this force that comes once a season or whatever to take all their stuff, right? Was, sure. That's a trope to us, but it did, you know, it did originate I mean, that was point. like the,
1: that was, that was the plot of the movie Ants, for crying
0: out loud. Yeah, Ants is also, <laughs> yes, Ants is also yeah. a, a take on Magnificent Seven, but I'm saying it did start somewhere, and unless yes. the writers of TOS had seen Kurosawa, and I'm, I'm not even sure did was Seven Samurai, it was in black and white, but did it come out before the 60s? I don't I even think know. I think it came
1: out in the 60s. I'm yeah. not sure.
0: So, I mean, that trope did start somewhere. Mm. But but one thing that I think... So one thing I wanted to say was uh, regarding Saru. I mean, he has a lot of great scenes here with Tilly, really sort of affirming, heartwarming scenes. But I remember mm-hmm. being a little unsure of what they were doing with his character last season when they, they took away his like the 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 hook of his character, which is that he's got he's from the, the species, which is really all about fear, right? right? And it's cool that he was able to fight that enough to be in Starfleet and mm-hmm. rise to the ranks, but it's still sort of the dominating force in his life. And then they inverted that by revealing the truth about his species and having them go through that sort the of meta, metamorphosis mm-hmm. so that now he doesn't have that fear response anymore. And I'm like, isn't that kind of like... They did it late enough in the season and we, he didn't really do a ton after that in the season. And yes. so I'm, I, I remember like... I hope they didn't take away like the one interesting thing about this character, right? Like, obviously he's an he's a cool character played by an excellent actor, mm-hmm. but that's like the hook. It'd be like, oh, what if you what if Picard got hit on the head and he's no longer a cultured diplomat, right? Like he's still Picard, but like that's that was the interesting thing about his character, right? Like, what if Worf was no longer a warrior? It's like, what if Saru was no longer afraid of things, right? And I'm like, did you just take away the only interest? Not the only, but the main interesting thing about the character. But then you get to this, you're giving me this sour look like you want to spit in my face.
1: <laughs> no, I'm trying to process this because actually when he was going through the change, he was describing it so that it was not something as simple of, oh, all my fear is gone yeah, and I'm then, completely but like regular that, in now. In that
0: episode where the people, the predator species that come But to there was
1: something f- f- else. He was, he was
0: like a jerk in, sometimes because he was like endangering the crew by being standoffish with the predators, right? And I'm like, yes. is this going to be his thing now? Is he going to be getting everybody else into trouble because he has no sense of where the line is anymore. I'm yeah. like, that's not, I don't want to watch that, you know? Like this this sort of sweet, not cowardly, but the sweet guy that had this sort of um, vulnerability about him. Mm-hmm. That's gone now. And I'm like, is that, do I, is that even going to be the same guy? But what is cool now in, in, in this episode is I feel like you're getting, this is the first time we've really got a fully fleshed out, to me anyway, sense of like how they're going to play him now. Yeah. And I think it's great because does he still feel fear? Probably no more or less than we do now. It's just not the dominating force right. in his life. But what's cool is that he still has an entire lifetime of experience with that. Mm-hmm. He is so it's like the it's like the Kyle Rayner versus Hal Jordan thing. He knows fear. Like Hal Jordan's whole thing was that he never knew fear. I, I would thing,
1: say it's it's the Hal Jordan versus Jessica Cruz because yeah, Kyle Rayner. I don't know. Knew I always fear. I
0: always default to Kyle Rayner, but, but you're no, right. But i is probably a better thing. Yeah. But it's like even.
1: Even, there's a difference even now between. that
0: Saru doesn't have that, even now that that's no longer the the driving emotion in his life, he has a lifetime of remembering what it was like to be afraid and what mm-hmm. it was like to feel that unsure and that vulnerable. And so he can empathize. And when Tilly is afraid, he can say there's nothing wrong with being afraid. It can be, you know, it can lead to this and this mm-hmm. and it can be helpful. Like it it's he's no longer fearful but he has but it that that fear has sort of turned into empathy for others yes. and other people's fear which still lets him play that sensitive vulnerable side mm-hmm. but it's more vulnerability that comes from being emotionally open as opposed to vulnerability that comes with being like afraid of things all the time
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i think it would have been i think you would agree it would be less interesting if all of a sudden he became like riker you know where he's the strident confident one right. who's always take charge take action yeah. you know flying in with fists and shooting the spines out of his head like that would that wouldn't be him anymore you know like it would have been a twist on his character certainly Mm -hmm. but you don't but there's nowhere is there anywhere to go from that like you make that change in his character in season two then what do you do for the next five seasons right where does he go from there yeah whereas now he's learning how to operate in this new status quo of his and it looks like he's he's handling it well and but you still get to play those layers Mm -hmm. so i was i was happy to see that because i think that I think that it was, I, I see why they did it in that one episode where he was, because these people are literally coming in like, you know, they've and basically enslaved and uses people as cattle for however long centuries or however long it was. Yep. And now he's confronted with them and he knows the truth about it. Yeah, of course he's going to fly off the handle a little bit. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But that like... But I wouldn't want that to be every episode, you know. And I'm like, I, that was my concern going into the season, especially now that Pike's not around anymore, and he's the de facto captain of the ship. Yes, it would be easier to write him into that sort of stride and take charge position because he is in charge, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But I like that not only in the scene with Tilly, but also the scene where he's talking to Giorgio and and the others, and like the sort of the conference room scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still like, he's he's encouraging, and he's you know, um he encourages like a free free exchange of ideas you know yes. he's a lot more similar to pike than say Lorca, right Where he's like you know this is what we're going to do whereas pike was like i want to hear all the good ideas there's no bad ideas you know yeah like i like that he's more on on that side and so it did remind me like but the old saru would not have been able to stand toe-to-toe with Giorgio and put his foot down or That's his right. hoof put his hoof down like yeah. that um so so th- but that's good. That shows character growth. But mm-hmm. it, it can't all be that, you know. And I'm glad that it it wasn't. That we saw the different shades of him in this one. I think this is probably the strongest episode for him in a long it time. It really is. And it's I, so good for him. And I agree. Like it's funny that Discovery's only had a little more than 2 seasons so far and it's been so fast-paced and we've had so little time for like character introspection, mm-hmm. but I still think with like Pike and now Saru, mm-hmm. we've we've kind of gotten like two of the best captains. I think like you know what I mean? Like I think I think yeah. when you when you sit down and rank like Star Trek captains now, I think we agreed. Like, did we even do this ranking? I think it might have been one of our earliest rankings. Like Pike is, and it's entirely, it's like ninety nine percent due to Anson Mount, but he's like near the top now. For me, it might, yeah. might he might even be like second to Picard.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: But Seru is gonna be up there too. Like I can see like Saru's probably above Archer for me now, and I like I can see a time when is Seru gonna be above. Janeway is Saru going to be above Kirk, maybe. You know, like it depends. But I mean, is he going to be the captain for long? I mean, technically, he's the commander. Technically, he's still he's second. He's acting in command. captain. He's not. Um, there's
1: no official captain yet.
0: And Burnham is the star of the show, so I do feel like we're only marking time until the show feels that it's justified making her the captain. Because you don't want it to happen to happen too quick. Because literally in season one, she was busted down. She had no rank, and then yeah. by the end of that season, she was back up to having a rank. And now, like. Would it be plausible that you went from having no rank to being captain of a ship in, like, two years? Well,
1: she's captain of the ship that pulled them out of the ice.
0: Well, that ship has two people on it, so... See,
1: that's what I'm thinking. I, this is... this is. Oh, I need to look up Memory Alpha because I don't think that that was Book's ship that came out of the sky.
0: I don't think we could tell. We just saw the light from the, the ship. I don't know if we could tell.
1: No, it was something round. It was I almost Enterprise-shaped.
0: I don't remember. I bet I... we're going to see in the next episode it's her and Book. Because why would they... Why would they? Why introduce would they some separate? new Ship with some new crew when it would be so much easier to just have it? Be well, on I the mean, ship we've honestly,
1: because he's on an environmentalist mission and she is on a mission to find her friends. So she does runs, and they could do I mean, some missions together. And she's some missions we know from the preview, she she's been
0: working as a courier. But I guess I just assumed that they were working together mm-hmm, as couriers mm-hmm. because safety in right, numbers, and they seem like they formed a bond and they trust each other. So why wouldn't he want to keep her around as a partner?
1: I mean, yeah, this dips into the preview that we saw. But if her but, mission
0: was now fully about finding discovery with, like, Courier only being, like, a means to an end, whereas he was all about being a Courier and he doesn't care about Discovery, then, yeah, maybe they would have gone their own separate ways. But I think, I think again, like, it's pretty obvious that they're going to circle back to him and he'll end up helping them out again on a more permanent basis. So I yeah. guess I just assumed it would be easiest, like, the shortest line between, you know, the, the sh- shortest between two, between two points. Two points yeah. have, it, have it be her with Book on Bookship and now all the characters I are mean, together. I mean, I thought
1: so, too, but then I looked at the...
0: I don't know. I don't know. It yeah. didn't
1: look like that. I mean, it's TBD, right? You don't know. You don't know what she did in an entire year while she was waiting for Discovery to show up, and um, how she's going to take that. And we're going to find that out next time because I'm sure that they're going to set up. I think we heard this on the Vulcan Hello, but I agree with their with their assessment is that we're going to this this these first two episodes were setting up our characters in this new setting, and the next episode is probably going to be setting up the premise for the rest of the episodes of this season and i i agree well with that they're assessment. gonna they're
0: gonna go to earth they're gonna find what the current state of earth and the sort of the core federation worlds. So? well it's called people of earth
1: oh <laughs> okay
0: so i'm assuming that they're gonna go to i mean why wouldn't that That would obviously and they with the spore drive they can go they can be there in five seconds I why know. wouldn't that be the first place they go like if you want answers about what happened to the federation you go to the You go to the capital of the Federation. It's true. It's only logical. So I'm sure they're going to go there. They're going to get some answers. We already know from the preview that Burnham's gotten more information about what happened in the Burr, and I can only imagine they're going to get even more once they get there. I don't think they're going to do a thing where they get to Earth and it's like Battlestar Galactica and it's like, oh, it's all a nuclear wasteland and everybody's dead. Like, I don't think they're going to do that for the same reason that we talked about last week where I don't think they want this to be like a post-apocalyptic Dystopian future, just, right? They just want it to be kind of fragmented.
1: I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. so
0: I don't think they're gonna do that. They're gonna get there, they're gonna get some answers, and then they're gonna be like, Okay, here's what we got to do. We've got to like bring the Federation back together again by doing X, Y, and Z and finding out what caused the burn and making sure it can't happen again. And then we got to, you know, and that's gonna be, yeah. So I think next episode is gonna like establish the mission for the rest of the show,
1: yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed this episode. I think that, um, um, Tilly had amazing amazing growth in this one she's she's definitely captain material too like we were just talking about the um them burnham versus or and saru um which of them is more qualified to be a captain of discovery and how's that going um uh captain Giorgio, commander Giorgio doesn't want any piece of that her her line um what was it uh administration is where fun goes to die <laughs>
0: Well, she just likes hopping from universe to universe, sowing chaos, Yes, basically.
1: and I, I agree. Again, like a, a previous opinion that I heard was that um, she, on her own world, conquered the entire universe and then just kind of was bored, you know? She's done everything that there was to do, and now she's just managing. Um, that, that can't be fun. So this time she's taking a different approach, but she was so fun in that saloon fight. She says, if I'm dealing with you idiots in the future, God, imagine what I could do in this world. <laughs> um And and she's right. She's 100% right. And that fight scene was so good. But also Tilly had amazing depth and growth in this one because she's still got self-esteem issues. But she has every single one of the qualifications that you need. She thinks fast. She knows all the regulations. She's incredibly talented and um, smart and...
0: Well, she had the intuitive leap. To, she to, had the just intuition. To from that's scanning, right. Scanning the surface at the beginning of the episode, just to these scan. people had highly advanced technology, but very little dilithium. That that would be exactly the thing that they would need, and that would they be willing need. to bargain. Yeah, for. Yeah, they're
1: not. You know, they're not traveling. These are warp capable ships, but they're not driving over. They're not. There's not a lot of. Uh, there's not a lot of traveling going on. She was able to detect that, but so then that's where she concluded they're not traveling because they don't have the dilithium to travel to power these ships. And that's when she said, "We have dilithium. We can trade you for it." Fantastic! I love the opening sequence. Oh, Saru's line to her. You make a, you are a very f- first. We you are a very good first impression. Oh my God, melt my heart much. Such a good writing, um, for for that exchange. And he's right because. She is everything that Starfleet is. And she has that <sighs> humanity, that connection, um, that ability to be kind, but also fair and smart. And I don't know, it's just... She's great. She's she's fantastic. She had a lot of great episode, uh, um, work in this episode. And oh, I just really liked it. And also we should mention, or I want to mention Detmer. Because there's a lot of... Um, unknowns about what's going on with Detmer. Like we know Stamets' situation. We know um, Jet Reno's situation. Um, That's all wonderful and hilarious. And they are very, very clearly on an arc that is going to, you know, unfold the way we kind of predict, but it's going to be satisfying to watch. But what's going on with Detmer? Because she flew over the console. She injured her noggin. And Some folks are saying, oh, it's probably something wrong with her implant that's causing her to have this trauma, but I just don't want that. I think that it would be much more satisfying and really, really important for her to have good old regular PSD because I was telling you that... PTSD? I'm sorry. PTSD. That's right. (laughs) Um, I was telling you, and we were talking about this off mic. You can't have the
0: post without the trauma.
1: It's true. It's true. You got to have the trauma first. It has to be... Yeah. That comes first. Um, So... I was telling you off mic um, that I think that it's important that we go back to the reason why she has the implant in the first place because I don't think she ever really fully dealt with that like she she had anger towards Michael Burnham because she got scarred because of that entire whole Vulcan hello exchange the Klingons um, messed up their ship killed the first Captain Georgiou and resulted in Detmer's um, like life Uh, uh, life-threatening injury that resulted in her becoming part cyborg for the rest of her life. But I don't know if she ever coped with that, not aside from Burnham, because she coped with her feelings towards Burnham. She coped with her loss of Georgiou. She coped with her transition from the previous ship to this ship. She's a competent captain, but now she has a very similar energy. And, and I recognize, I don't know if I'm right about this, but I've recognized when she flew over the console, that was very similar to her stunt in that first episode, which caused her to have the injury in the first place. And so I was thinking that because she had such a similar experience, it triggered a feeling that she's going to need to process now because she has something left unresolved. And that's what I'm that's what I'm hypothesizing is going to be her arc, and it's going to be very important to watch because we have already seen her unravel. Her crewmates are already seeing her not be at her hundred percent, and that's important. We have to see what happens there, and I don't think it has to do with her implant at all. I mean, aside from the fact that of how she got it, does that make sense? That like, yeah, makes it sense. It's not the a only reason issue. why
0: I'm not. The only reason why I'm not sold on that is because if she was a if she was one of the main cast, I would buy it. Like, oh, let's do a thing where where we see her deal with her past trauma. But because she's such a peripheral character, or right. at least has been so far, I'm more inclined to think that if, she's, if they're going to the trouble of showing her in all these scenes have this thing going on, that it's probably going to be something that ties into the main plot. Because if it's if it's like a deep character I exploration, why would you spend it on it? Why would you spend that screen time doing a deep character explanation, exploration of, a, of like a third-tier character instead of one of the first-tier characters? Right. That's why I'm betting that it's something more... Arky, the deal that ha- ties episode, into the main plot of what's going on with the Control or the future or some signal she's receiving through her implant from Earth or who knows what, you know what I mean? Right. Because otherwise you wouldn't spend it on a character who
1: I'm it's almost no dialogue. I mean, maybe, but I don't think that that's what they're going to do because or, they or know it could that...
0: Or it could be that they're f- they're f- finally getting around to fleshing out more of the bridge crew. Exactly. Which I, which I would really like. Yes. Um, but... There's been not much indication of that so far. I'm happy to be I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I would like to learn a lot more about about all of them, the four or five of them there that we've seen on the bridge. Yeah. I, I kind of thought that we were getting going to get more of that last season when Pike took um, the other helmsman uh, Owo down to the the Amish planet, right. right? And we learned, oh she comes from like this weird non technology
1: oh, yes. group mm-hmm. on Earth.
0: I'm like whoa, there's people on Earth that still like practice this Shun we, technology, this yeah. watch line. It's like, oh, yeah, she got out of there and she joined Starfleet. That's, in, that's interesting. I can't wait to learn more about her and the other bridge crew. And, then and then we then, don't like, hear we about it, yeah. Anything, <laughs> Nothing. I think from any of them uh, for the whole rest of the season. I guess I guess Ariam got that one spotlight episode Arium where she was died, was so right? good. And
1: not only about she was mentioned in this episode, Detmer mentioned her in this episode because something about uh, cyborgs came up about... Uh, oh, yeah, it was in the beginning of the episode. Um, uh, Georgiou was covered yeah, was in mu- to mucus non- and yeah. brain matter. And she was talking to her and something says something derogatory about like cy- cyborg cybernetic life and she says does axiom fit, uh, does um Arium fit into that mold you know like she died a soldier's death she died a-, a a human's death you know like she was human more than cyborg cybernetics were just a part of her you know like she she was defending her friend rightfully so but i think that there was a little bit of like cybernetic uh uh solidarity in that moment because they both had life-threatening injuries that demanded that mandated that if they were want to survive, they have to become part cybernetic. But um, I don't think it had everything to do with that. I mean, maybe that might be a little bit of an identity crisis, a hint at, at an identity crisis that she's going to go through. Sorry, that's actually kind of hard to say. Um, but we'll see. I don't think that that's it. I, I do stick to my PTSD guns on this one. That's, cause I think that, especially since everybody's jumped into the future, you're gonna wanna know who you're in the future with. So we've already killed off a character that we didn't see before. Some alien, cool alien looking thing, didn't survive the jump to the uh, 900s or whatever we are sitting in. Um, and that's sad, that shook Detmer up a lot um, to see that in Bay and uh yeah I think that actually has to do with her trauma too she says he didn't make it and she was so visibly shaken by this and we already see that people are starting to respond to that oh it's gonna be just interesting this show guys seriously and also the ready room continues to be a joy and a delight we got to see Doug Jones and Mary Weissman be interviewed and oh my god I want to jump through the screen and pinch both their cheeks they're so they're such nice people okay I'm 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 done ranting. Do you got anything else to say? Nope. Yes. So <laughs> if you want to reach out... Oh, definitely. You guys need to watch that show. It's so good. If you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our website is um, Hmm. What else we got? Twitter at smartspodcast.com and Facebook, facebook.com slash smartspodcast. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. Um, how about... Sentient
0: Ice.